Hi, here are the Grumpy Old Coders, and uh, today's episode is about our agile software development. We called it agile Tamarin, right? And let's um, uh, start with this. What, what is this actually? It's, uh, <laughs> that was my first question. What is that? Yeah, but I like I it. Think it's, it's a, a cool reference. There, it's a, it's a, it's a, a very small, tiny agile monkey, right? Um, as far as I. Uh, can relate to it and uh, I have chosen it because it's on the cover of an agile software development book basically right I'm not we are not doing advertising here but um, most of you might actually know a specific kind of books where animals are printed on, <laughs> on them right yeah so meaning meaning our uh, software development IT stuff uh, in a sense but yeah so agile tamarin um, I hope that I pronounced this uh, correctly. Tamarind. Tamarind. Okay. Yep. Okay. I mean, um, so today is all about agile, and uh, I actually I like this kind of uh, yeah uh, monkey uh, comparison, right? Because uh, in in a sense, agile is not to be mixed up with agility in a sense, right? So a lot of people kind of take this word agile or agility as something too direct, let's say, right? I mean, again, I guess it was borrowed by that, but it's, mm. it is by itself now more than that, uh, let's say. And uh, we can talk about this a bit. So now um, what I think we should do is we should first of all talk a little bit about the the good old waterfall <laughs> method of <laughs> developing software, right? Do we have to? Then, yeah, I think it makes sense. Then a bit of yeah. history of agile development. Um, then maybe we talk about the agile manifesto and then uh, we round it up by, by talking about some, some methodologies. Uh, Anything so good. you would like, anything you would like to talk about in, in addition, Thomas? And by the way, Thomas is with me as well. Right? Hello. Thomas, yes. Uh, hi. Uh, no, the the thing that you prepared is pretty comprehensive. I I'd be very surprised if there's anything that's not covered. So all good. Yeah, it's maybe maybe not totally comprehensive, but uh, okay, let's see. Yeah. I mean, I also have some opinions all, and story, all stories which I would like to mix in. But. Exactly, exactly. Well, all the important uh, stuff is surely in there. This is the grumpy part then, right? <laughs> Most important part. Yeah, exactly. Okay, fine. So waterfall, right? Uh, Thomas, do you remember... How waterfall is done? Actually, it's hard to not remember, right? Yeah, so, it's it's hard to not remember. It's it's basically you you spend a day or some amount of time with the customer to have a conversation. What should be built? Then you write that down, right? Put that into a formal document. You go through iterations with the customer until they have well signed it off. I think sign off is the appropriate step. And then you take that document and go away into your software development team or software development company, spend three months, six months, two years, depending on project size, of course, build that thing. And then at the end of the day, at the end of all that, deliver that to the customer. And then, of course, you get into a massive argument because what you delivered is not what they imagined that you delivered because 
it's always the case that things that you imagine in your head that you write down come out a bit differently. And, you know, if you see the software, then you have other ideas how things might work, ideas that you didn't have when you wrote all the stuff down. And then you go into change management and you have to rewrite large parts of it. For the change management, of course, you have to go back to a requirement analysis again and spec out those changes and you narrow it down that way, right? So your change management creates smaller and smaller cycles, which is interesting because that is what agile does from the start but anyway this is my understanding of waterfall yeah, yeah sure i mean there are basically a bunch of steps as you said right there's the requirements analysis then there is a design phase where we yeah. document the system design it object oriented analyzes or whatever right mm -hmm. um then there is an implementation phase uh, then there is a testing phase uh, let's say and then there is deployment and maintenance. Um, and as you said, right, you would tend to reiterate on it by applying changes in, in later releases. And of course, because so. it's it's never right the first time. It's just, it's nobody's fault. It's just the process is flawed. So it, it, it mm. can't be right. I mean, what I think is important in a sense is that uh, Waterfall is having issues indeed right the issue is as you said that uh, you deliver something and by the time that you deliver it it's maybe already outdated or maybe oh, yeah, you realize too. too you realize too late that uh, or what you deliver is not what was expected or required right and, and so on but in what is important from my point of view this is the grumpy part <laughs> is that uh, that the steps by themselves they actually make sense if they need to be applied exactly in that order or if they need to be applied or uh, in a in a long process is a different story right but uh, the there's no doubt that you should kind of have an understanding mm. about the requirements of sure or, of your customer there's no doubt that you should put some thoughts into a design right there's no doubt that you will need to implement it and you to test it right maybe absolutely start with the testing versus the implementation but uh, and there's also no doubt that you need to to deploy it at some point or maintain it and uh, yeah the question is how how quickly to do you iterate on it right and i think this is the 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 main point where where waterfall is falling short right that the the iteration cycles are quite long right which is uh, not giving you the ability to kind of uh, uh yeah steer it into the right direction yeah. between let's mm -hmm. say right good um bit about history i mean history um it's actually not that easy to find a consistent story about agile software development right if you if you go uh, to different sites uh, wikipedia or whatever search the internet about it there are different uh, kind of narratives around it i mean it seems that the beginning of agile software development actually started already in the 90s or 80s even right by by having some some concepts like pair programming or whatever right uh, prototyping approaches but um, the uh, let's say the actual traction was something like uh, in the early 2000s right so it got a lot of traction in the in the early 2000s because there was this uh, agile manifesto uh, released by a bunch of persons i don't recall their names so 
Uh, <laughs> I guess no one of them listens to our podcast. But if <laughs> they do, right, not, no. please, I, please forgive me. Right? <laughs> I don't uh, recall the I, name either. But they were I think names. I saw Martin Fowler. Martin Fowler was one of them. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's the sort of person yeah. who would be on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so maybe, so meaning that there was a manifesto or kind of released, and this manifesto had uh, had something like uh, twelve points, right? Uh, so maybe you take the first six points, and I take the second. The second half of the six points. Sure, why not? Our highest priority, this is the first point, is to satisfy the customer through early and continuous delivery of valuable software. It's interesting because there's already a lot of a lot of it in there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's early, sort of shorter, shorter cycles. You don't go away for two years. And valuable is also interesting because you you can't just show something or demo something that doesn't do anything, right? You can't demo some, yeah, we've, we've done some stuff in the back end, but we can't show you it, right? So it should be, it should be valuable as soon as possible, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think this is a good point, right? So or a good point is that the software should have a specific, um, a specific level of quality is what I'm reading, right? Whereby quality is defined as that it does what is is expected, right? Within a, a smaller scope, maybe. So um, maybe Absolutely. there is a is a kind of minimal viable product, right? Which has some functionality mm -hmm. and exactly. is, is is already kind of giving giving or uh, some Ooh. some value or uh, to the end That's user. It. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you give some some stuff out to your end user which is not adding the expected value, let's say, or not yeah. the minimum of expected value. Right. Some value. I mean, sometimes it's even valuable to have a system where you can just show a, a login and log out, because even that might ask questions. Okay, login. So is, do I have to register with the email? Can I log in with Google? Can I log in with Facebook? You know what I mean? Even something that you think has no value could spark valuable feedback. And I, I find that's a very good point. Good, good, good question. Good question. What does value actually means, right? Mm -hmm. If this value means that it is something which is having a value in order to kick off uh, additional discussions, or if this value is actually the value defined as by um, it fulfills a specific set of requirements, which is uh, which is already are um, a well, little bit more functional than just the login screen. That that's say. an excellent point. To me, the value is in the feedback and the conceptualization, because that was the problem that Waterfall had. That you can't conceptualize the whole thing and write it down and let people go away with. Right? You need to see something in order to conceptualize it and give feedback on it. And as as a software developer in a team, the feedback from the customer is the gold dust that you need because it's it's mm -hmm. either building after the feedback or the alternative is building something that is not fit for purpose. Right. And obviously, okay, I, I agreed, agreed. But I, I think uh, this, this point is not about probing the value of the process or um, of the feedback. I think this is really probing the value of the software itself, right? So Valuable meaning. software. Fine. Sure. Okay. It should be the the software should be in any sense valuable, right? Anyway, I mean it's it's a point of discussion, and I anyway. think there there's a bunch there's a bunch of interpretation around it. And if you look at the different methodologies, you will see that this is actually the case, right? Fair enough. So moving on, welcome changing requirements even late in the development agile process. Harness change 
for the customer's competitive advantage. That's that's kind of more to the point that I was making, right? So the the early feedback and the opportunity to steer to make to make changes on any point early and, and late. I've I've been in projects where halfway through uh, we found out well actually all this all all these this particular uh, things that you've done this functionality is much less important than the other functionality so you can go back and cut some stuff out from the scope and put some other stuff that would make more sense uh, uh, to the scope because you, typically you have a limited project time and that's yeah. the sort of thing that only comes out in these cycles right exactly one thing i would say as an interpretation but again right i'm a crumpy old person meaning <laughs> what i what i what i have seen or in different ways is that or i, I mean little side story right so what i don't like is that uh, you start with a set of requirements which is uh, scoped or uh, for one iteration ah. cycle however you call it right so mm. sprint or whatever i think is, i know right? what is going and yeah. and and you you're basically you're basically doing this sprint and between people start changing those requirements yeah. right this is something which i think is is, conf is is even if it is kind of theoretically fulfilled by this point that you can do this right because you should welcome changes i personally think uh, that um, it's a matter of interpretation and my interpretation would be that this is not allowed right what you should do is you should complete <laughs> your sprint you should complete your sprint and what this means is that the sprint cycles or iterations are such short right that you can anyway adapt maybe after one or two weeks or whatever however lo how, how long it takes right to complete something let's say but if you find out uh, let's say at uh, day five out of ten let's say right that's uh, that the requirement changed, uh, then I, I personally think you should kind of uh, continue to complete this iteration. Oh, that's different. Right? Yeah, that's, have something that's... have something working and then address the new or the changing requirements in the next iteration, which is then uh, the next sprint yeah. or whatever you call it. Right? You should not kind of with in between working, uh, change the target all the time. No, right? because no. Uh, this is uh, of course not. conflicting I mean, with software engineering best practices. Exactly, that's exactly the point where you have a sprint. You you work for an amount of time, a week, two weeks, four weeks, whatever. You demo what you have. And then you basically do a, a little mini requirement analysis again, sort of based on what you have, what should the next sprint look like? What is the next most important story that you want to implement? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So meaning, yeah, it, meaning it shouldn't agree change that throughout this, the sprint. Exactly. We agree that this is not meaning that you can just throw random stuff. No, of course uh, on not. The, on the developers in between. Okay, good. Um, next one. Next one. Where were we? So we only did two. Three, we number three. Deliver, yeah, deliver working software frequently from a couple of weeks to a couple of months. We kind of already touched on that, didn't we? With a preference to the shorter time scale. Uh, yeah, exactly. shorter time exactly. scale. Yeah. Work, working software. Working software is, is important, I guess, right? Yeah, In working software and shorter time scale. So you have the ability to get more feedback, get more frequent feedback and the ability to steer better. But of course, sometimes systems might be so huge and complicated that you can't achieve something within two weeks. So you have to, you know, it depends on many factors how long a sprint should be. But yeah, uh, a couple of months, preference to shorter time scale and working software infrequently. So mm -hmm. there you go. I don't think there's much argument about that. So moving exactly. on. 
business people and developers must work together daily throughout the project. So that kind of is the thing I meant that the goalposts shouldn't really move, right? You should all work towards a goal rather than, okay, today I want this feature, tomorrow I want that feature. That's not how it works, right? Uh, daily, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, I'm, really, does it have to be daily? Is, is that absolutely necessary? Business people and developers daily, right? Typically, in my experience, developers, once they have their piece of work, should ideally be left alone and as interrupted, ideally not interrupted at all, right? So that's my experience. That's the most efficient way for a developer to work. So I'm, I'm not sure what's what's this daily. Maybe this daily thing is a, is a sort of daily stand-up where you yeah, talk yeah, about exactly. what you've done. It's, it's exactly that. I, I mean, the the most direct implementation of the Agile Manifesto, which I could find, uh, was actually Scrum, right? In a sense, yeah. and uh, Scrum has yeah. this has this concept of uh, daily stand up meetings or daily Scrum meetings, where you basically, yeah, just spend ten minutes or whatever, right? There are some yeah. hard time limitations. Everyone is able to say something, but the meeting shouldn't last longer than I don't know, 10, 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, and there are like always this. people who who make the stand up take longer then there is a need for it because it should be just a short update i've done that today i've done that yesterday today i plan to do that do i have any problems that others could help me yeah. with and exactly that's it. it's that's more the like things. the self-organizational stuff right so the main purpose is to kind of raise issues and uh, exactly. find out who yeah. in the team is able to help you uh, and, and to allow the team to self-organize them Exactly. And in my experience, it, it helps the meeting if you actually physically stand up, right? So if you do the mm -hmm. standing, then you kind of automatically want it to end because you don't want to stand that long. True. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, where were we? So five then. Build projects around motivated individuals. Yeah, I mean, that's always a bonus. <laughs> um, give, them, give them the environment and support they need and trust them to get the job done yeah I, 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 yeah I, I was hoping any company would I, do I'm, that ideally. actually yeah but uh, this I, I had situations where or I had conversations with people that told me that the, it goes up to this point that you don't choose the uh, the uh, or the person based on its qualification right you choose the the person based on or the developer based on how how well he or she fits uh, into the team, right? Um, and uh, how harmonic this works, and uh, and so on, right? So because uh, the 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 joint effort, the self organization of the team, right? Uh, having having a team which is functional, let's say, right? Which you can put on any project is kind of uh, one thing which is uh, seems to be a high value. Let's say. That makes a lot of right. sense. Right, because a good developer can always learn new skills on the fly, sort of lazy load them as you go. But if you have people, and I've seen this a lot of time, but personalities just clash. Developers arguing about pretty much pointless stuff and wasting a lot of time and have pull requests that go back and forth and everybody wastes time. So yeah, I agree. Very important that people get along. Probably more important than having the skills. Um, okay, six number six yeah. six the most efficient and effective method of conveying information to and within a development team 
is face-to-face -face conversations. Uh, does uh, remote face-to-face -face conversation count? Or is this making a point about being physically in the same room? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think it's kind of outdated to assume that persons are physically in a room, right? But I think what they actually want to, what they want to kind of underline here is really this physical character, right? So this daily stand-up should be in the same room. People, I mean, they are not... They are not against remote work, right? But they say the most efficient way of doing it is kind of to get all the nuances, be in the same room, have a uh, have the possibility to stop by at a colleague maybe and uh, discuss something. Um, actually, this is something I, I kind of miss a bit um, by being for years someone who works remotely. Right, but mm. uh, when I, when we still work together, for instance, at Ingress, um, we 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 still had the we, we had the chance to kind of stop by at a at a desk of a colleague, or I could ask you, hey, uh, do you know how this or that works, uh, and learn a ton, right? And uh, uh, this is this is something which is a bit um, missing in in modern work environments. I mean, there are tools like. Or chat solutions, Slack, whatever, right? Mm. That are kind of compensating this to a specific degree, but they they can't do this the same way as uh, as this typical floor talk, right? So just stop by or and and chat with someone about something which blocks you right now, right? Even if this person is maybe not in the same Scrum team, and I think there is a value of having some physical proximity, right? So in, for developers. That's yeah, no, that that's fair enough. Although my view, having a one and a half hour commute each way might be a bit skewed. So I've now promised my wife that I go into the office twice a month just to get out of the house, right? So, <laughs> so there is that. But I, I find now that I got so used to the remote working tools, to the chat, if I have a problem, I most of the time I know who to ask and I just shoot him a, a message. I mean, yeah, that, that works for yeah, me. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah. again, I'm not against it. I'm, I'm working also remotely all the time, but it's, uh, I also would appreciate to see more people in reality, let's say, in a sense. Um, Strange times. Okay, working software is the primary measure of progress. And I, I like this, right? Because mm -hmm. working software means that this software needs to be tested against some criteria, meaning the requirements, right? There's mm -hmm. a notion of quality of software. Agile does not mean that you can give up on quality, right? And it also does not mean that you can kind of uh, throw non-functional stuff out, right? And uh, I think this is important uh, in this context. Yes, walking, yes. But um, yeah, I, I've had many heat discussions about testing, right? So should uh, these features that you may end up changing, should you really be writing a thousand unit tests against them? Or Because I'm personally of the opinion, just give that code a chance to settle down a bit, let it go its first refactoring, you know, maybe those few functions get ripped out again. And, and then harden it. Then have that second step, build the unit test, integration test, all your test permit, but give the code a chance to settle because otherwise, if you build your testing stuff too soon, you'll be dragging on a thousand unit tests through each refactoring. And yeah, I have but, uh, seen this. I've lived through this and yeah, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, but, so but I, um, I, th I mean, we yeah. hate it, right? We also kind of hate sometimes to refactor stuff. But uh, Oh, I in, love refactoring. In, Absolutely in a, in love a way... 
in a way it is necessary, <laughs> I right? Now, I, I mean, uh, I, I tend to disagree, right? I, I think that... Yeah, uh, I know, that, most people do. That, uh, that if it is necessary to kind of write tests for the current state, you should do it, right? And if it is necessary to refactor them together with the software, then you need to do it as well, right? That's just it, I mean. Right. How how yep. would you otherwise kind of get any idea about the quality of the software, right? I mean, quality is defined as that the software is what is is expected yeah, yeah, no. by the software, I'm, right? I'm not against writing tests. I'm writing. I'm against writing tests too early in the cycle, right? So, nah, so you want you want nah. a hardened code that that probably has to change five more times, right? So when you hand that thing over, then yeah, sure, everything should be tested and hardened to to the most possible mm, extent but, but i, I, I wouldn't develop, i wouldn't optimize too early that that's to me is a premature optimization yeah yeah maybe but uh, it also depends i mean for for me having having a, a functional test suite right at least unit tests right is not optimizing too early. This is not the definition of optimization from my point I know, of view. Optimi I know, but optimization I is something where we can maybe improve the uh, time complexity of execution yes, the, of some the, code. My metaphor right, was flawed. I, I, by profiling it or yes, whatever. of course. Right? That's so, not what optimization is. But I thought it's, it's sort of, you know, hardening something that will most probably change anyway. That, that's my whole point, but, yeah. But, but I, I think point seven is then against you, right? Point seven uh, of maybe. the manifesto is basically saying that working software is a primary measure of progress. And how, how can you basically measure if software is working if you don't have uh, at least some unit tests or at least a good coverage of the, of the functionality written in unit tests, right? Because how how would you basically fulfill point seven otherwise, right? By gut feeling? Oh, there are other ways of testing, you know. Smoke testing. I mean, you're not necessarily handing the software over to the customer at every point, although maybe manifesto just contradicts me and you do do that if you hand it over e to the e customer. Exactly. Yeah. You're in frequent contact with your customer, right? Because, yeah, but uh, the way we was work... one of we, the points here. Right? Sure, but the way we work is we, we build that out sprint for sprint and we demo the software, but we don't hand it over at the end of each sprint. Yeah, it, it, I think it depends on which kind of project you have. I exactly. think if you have a, I think if you have a, a kind of uh, proof of concept, for instance, what you said is is okay, right? Mm. If you have something like a like a like a product, right? What you just said is maybe not that okay because no, this product might already yeah, be used in right. production by by some by some uh, early adopters or whatever, right? And they they. Even if they might still find bugs because this is not avoidable, let's say, right? You should indeed uh, have a, a good feeling handing it out based on the fact that okay. uh, at least your test suite was, was successfully completed. I totally right? take that point, And maybe I've <laughs> been prototyping for too long and that has sort of skewed my thinking. But of course, if at the end of uh, of your, what's it called, a cycle, if at the end of your thing, of your two weeks, the thing... At, goes into production and i've actually have worked in teams where it works that way then yes of course everything must be tested because it goes into production of course yeah right. exactly so. exactly um and again agile software development is not just or or is my my feeling at least right it's not just for for greenfield stuff let's say right no. so maybe you started it at some point and you kind of uh, developed something 
by by having multiple iterations which reach the point that it's actually kind of a, a stable product mm-hmm. and then um, you continue to enhance it based on the requirements mm-hmm. continuously let's say right and uh, based based on that you should kind of make sure that this uh, this quality which is already established right as the as the yep. standard of the solution is kind of maintained right yeah um, no and, i've, I've worked th- like that yep but again, maybe a different story with prototyping or with some proof yeah, concepts. Yeah, I've been stuff prototyping like for too long. I have to write production software again. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, eight. Agile processes promote sustainable development. The sponsors, developers, and users should be able to maintain a constant pace indefinitely. Right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I mean, but how would I read this? I mean, I would kind of also read it as you should not burn out the developers, right? So the mm-hmm. you should scope it. Uh, you should scope it in a way that it is achievable uh, from either side, right? So absolutely, you basically yeah, apply just... common sense uh, regarding the scope requirements. Yeah. So what you shouldn't do is have have a ton and ton of requirements in your Scrum and then shout at the developers if they don't get it done. Right. Exactly. Because everybody exactly. loses when that happens. Exactly. So makes sense. Uh, we have we have seen this, right? In, oh in yeah. Past that we basically. Uh, you you think that this was obvious that you shouldn't need to mention it, but it's not obvious, and you do need to mention it because it does happen. Sadly. Yeah. yeah. So nine is continuous attention to technical excellence and good design enhances ag- agility, right? Which is. I think also a great point, right? I, I know that uh, some persons are saying, yeah, okay, for AGI, we don't need to have any design documentation and so on, right? But I, I mm-hmm. and maybe there are methodologies that are kind of enforcing this more, but in a, in a sense, or that are kind of uh, willing to, to see this more than, than other methodologies. But in a sense, I, th- I think within the scope of, a, of an iteration, you should put some effort in to think about uh, how the system should look like or Absolutely. how the software should look like by, by doing some, some design work, right? Yeah. Um, which is associated to it. There are two, two schools of thought here, really. And as, as always, the truth is somewhere in the middle. That is, the first one is to have the perfect architecture up front, foresee all the things that you might need at some point, get the architecture right, and then all your changes, all your, your sprints will be super easy. But of course, that isn't possible. And the other extreme is to, yeah, just not be afraid of refactoring, right? If, if you think that your current architecture has come to a limit, then yeah, you don't have to be afraid to go back and refactor thousands of lines of code because sometimes that's what needs to be done. Exactly, but uh, in in a sense, I think even if you are not afraid of refactoring, you should refactor in a thoughtful way, right? So instead of kind of refactor it during the sprint and do it the same way again and again and again, you should at least kind of think about, okay, maybe there, if I need to refactor this API too often, right? Then I should have put some some effort in initially, right? To to kind of design my data model, my API, whatever, Mm -hmm. in in a way that it's... uh, it's not needed to refactor it once a week or whatever, right? Exactly, so. yeah. Not Don't refactor every week, exactly. Take a step back and see, okay, with what I know now, what would the ideal architecture have been from the start? And let's refactor that now, and hopefully that will incorporate all the future changes and make them much easier. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Yeah. 
Okay, um, simplicity, the art of maximizing the amount of work not done is essential, which is uh, which is also Good. a great point, right? Which is also avoid uh, unnecessary changes, avoid unnecessary cycles on, on something. But it also has this kind of... Uh, uh, keep it simple and stupid as a as a as a as a core. Let's say. Yeah, right? that so. there's there's a, another a thing which is, is YAGNI. I don't know if you know that uh, acronym, which means you ain't gonna need it. So don't build in things that you think you might need in future, but in reality you will never need. So this goes to that, and yeah, simplicity is another uh, thing to that. Um, just do some investigations there might well be a third party library that does exactly what you need rather than you know implementing it all yourself and again this should be obvious but it isn't i've seen this a million times where i've seen thousands of lines of code and then you know yeah have you it's not an uncommon thing for developers right because to be honest developers myself as well we sometimes just like yeah. Uh of reinventing the wheel because it's fun to read. It is. Yeah. We love <laughs> right. We love to solve and, the problem. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we think and nobody can do it better than we do, so we do yeah, it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's how we this, are. This is a problem sometimes, yeah. But yeah, um, we, sh- we should get over ourselves and but, but, just, mm. but the fun fun at least for me, right? The fun part of the story is that I had this multiple times in my career, right? That I th- thought, oh man, this is so shitty. I am doing it again much better, right? And I started to redo it or do it from scratch, let's say, right? And then I found out at some point, right, I, I realized why the other solution was. Yeah, exactly. Was, right? <laughs> and I realized, oh man, maybe I'm not better than, <laughs> than this other guy, right? So, yeah. uh, but it took, it was a thought process, let's say, right? Yeah least the uh, experience in it yeah and i guess every developer can relate somehow to this uh, story in a sense 100%. okay um 11 the uh, best architectures requirements and designs emerge from self-organizing teams i i think this is true right so meaning mm-hmm. Let people find their way, their roles, their responsibilities. But again, I think um, it's it's important to to state that maybe you should not have this all the time again and again, right? So maybe you have a working team, then they have a mode of working together, right? So mm-hmm. someone is taking this or that responsibility, someone is wearing this hat, and there's no need to do it or. Uh, uh, to kind of let the dice roll again and again, right? By yeah. by sorting it out, because at the end they are human beings, right? And uh, um, it, there's no guarantee that they will work efficiently together. Okay, uh, and the last but not least, uh, at regular intervals, the team uh, reflects on how to become more effective, then tunes and adjusts the, its behavior behavior accordingly, right? It's I think this is also. Exactly. This is also um, obvious. Okay, fine. Cool. So now this was the manifesto. A bit bit long, but uh, I think it made kind of sense to discuss it a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, let's talk a little bit about methodologies. Um, The first one I I would like to discuss is Scrum. Do you have any Scrum experience? Yeah, I mean, uh, whenever you join a new job and you ask, what are you doing? It's always, well, 
some version of Scrum, some form of Scrum, right? So even though it is standardized, every company does it slightly differently, right? So Mm -hmm. if you ask me if I've worked with Scrum, then I'm going to say, yeah, maybe, I guess, some form of Scrum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, some kind. It's a bit funny, right? Because uh, I've seen multiple times in in different companies uh, the, um, the, the situation that they wanted to do Scrum, but it was kind of still framed or wrapped by some old constructs, right? Like like project managers and uh, product managers. And uh, so, so meaning the frame was still the same as maybe with Waterfall in the past, let's say, right? <laughs> but, uh, but behind the scenes, we, we tried to execute Scrum, right? Uh, in a sense, I also was part of one actual Scrum product team where we did Scrum from the very beginning mm-hmm. with a lot of... Uh, interesting stuff like scrum poker and stuff like this but uh, oh yeah we did that too uh, <laughs> that is estimation isn't it yeah 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 exactly. scrum poker. yeah uh, it, it, in case you don't know it is where a feature is discussed in the group and then everyone has a deck of cards and they all have to hold up the cards that corresponds to the amount of work they think this feature is right is that yeah, what Scrum a, Poker is? A, 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 exactly. Or is there more to this? It's a, it's, a form, it's a form of negotiating, let's say, right? So the way how this worked in our case was that the, uh, I think the CTO was <laughs> in, the, in my past company, past, past, right? Um, at the table and he was negotiating with us and some had cards with this value, some had cards with that value. And then we, we kind of tried to, to align about it somehow, right? Uh, it shouldn't be a negotiation. You, you, I mean, the negotiation yeah, should be, be, be if, uh, if 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 you don't uh, okay. So if you don't want to spend that time, which feature do you want to move out of scope? Then right? yeah, so exactly. That should but, be uh, the discussion. Re- reality, reality is efforts are always uh, <laughs> a matter of negotiation. It yeah, which not like Scotty you from Enterprise. Right? You know, I mean, six <laughs> hours. Like, you know, exactly, you have three. Okay, exactly. I do it in two. Sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And you, you, and you will have the, uh, you will hold the, the, the developer accountable for whatever he estimated, uh, even if he didn't have any clue about what's actually needed, right? Yeah, yeah that's not, <laughs> at this it, point it in time. Shouldn't be held accountable, but still still should be measured right because you want something like a velocity to have some pre- predictability mm-hmm. what the team can do okay let me let me kind of summarize scrum for completeness reasons so in scrum we we have a bunch of uh, well-defined personas persons or personas let's say right so there's mm. the product owner the product owner is uh, acting as the interface to the stakeholder or customer, right? Uh, mm. let's say. So it's the job of the product owner to note down requirements, customer requirements, basically. And uh, he puts it into the product backlog. Um, I think uh, common practice is to use user stories in order to kind of uh, explain the requirements in a, in a kind of formal but not too formal way. Mm-hmm. Let's say um, then... Um, there is also a scrum master. The scrum master is a little bit more like, uh, yeah, he actually, if you look at the manifesto, is the one who is kind of removing blockers for the team, right? Make, ensures that team members feel good. Or also ensures that the rules of scrum are, are kind of fulfilled and so on, right? And uh, that even the product owner is not uh, are violating them by also trying to keep the team sane, right? Which is also... 
um, fulfilling one of those requirements or manifesto points, right, about uh, that uh, the amount of work and uh, the the entire process should be sustainable and so on, right? So now, mm -hmm. um, um, at some point, right, you need to kind of plan your next iteration. It's called a sprint in Scrum, right? So this uh, sprint means that uh, the team decides uh, based on a prioritized backlog which items are going to get into a sprint lock, right? So meaning mm -hmm. this portion of work is, is worked on as part of this uh, sprint by scoping it uh, in this context, uh, let's say. And then, yeah, um, the team runs away and sprints, uh, let's say, right? By, by, <laughs> by kind of implementing whatever is needed to be implemented. I think Scrum itself does not make any statement about uh, how test-driven the development should be or whatever. Um, or which uh, test methodologies or whatever should be used, right? But uh, there are some best practices, common sense in, in software engineering, which are applicable in general, let's say, right? But uh, as far as I remember, Scrum does not kind of enforce this, right? What it enforces is uh, more that um, you have uh, daily Scrum meetings where you kind of um, synchronize with each other and... Mm -hmm. uh, Raise, uh, raise issues and problems and uh, the product owner being the interface to the customer is part of this as well, right? Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically it, right? After the sprint is kind of over, you can do a retrospective, look at what worked, what didn't work and so on, right? And uh, then you start planning your next sprint, right? After you potentially delivered it to the customer or got uh, feedback by the customer, right? And in a sense, um, I would say if you summarize all of this, um, or then uh, I would say, again, Scrum is more or less very direct uh, following this manifesto, uh, mm -hmm. anyway, right? Good. Then the other one I, I picked is Kanban. Um, Kanban. To The, what was actually really amazing about this is that I, I didn't have any idea about, I mean, I used Kanban boards and so on, right? Uh, and to be honest, it's very common now in Scrum as well to use Kanban boards or boards, let's say, that, mm -hmm. are, even, that are similarly structured, let's say, right? So now in, in Kanban, this is a, is a, is a kind of, uh, is part of the methodology itself, right? So meaning there is a, is a, is a strong um, idea about visualizing stuff, right? And I didn't have any idea that this was something which was initially born in the 50s, 60s, uh, and was uh, more in the context of uh, production lines and supply, supply chain optimization, right? So meaning this this didn't start in, in software engineering or software development. This was more something about, uh, let's say, a supermarket, for instance, right? A supermarket mm. has only in stock what is needed to be sold, right? So there is, uh, there's only a little bit uh, overload, but uh, not too much, let's say, right? And if they see that they run out of stuff, they order new stuff so that there is a continuous flow of goods, right? So kind mm -hmm. of entering and leaving the, the supermarket. I think Toyota uh, was kind of uh, having yes. the idea to Lean do something production. similar, 
mm. exactly doing something similar in in uh, for production lines right so whatever is needed to produce cars and goods or uh, whatever goods are needed to produce cars right you you need to order them but you don't want to stock them up too much right because uh, this is costing money and so on right so the idea was to kind of have a, a continuous flow of of things uh, let's say right and this describes kanban quite well and uh, in in a sense uh, um, what happened is that people kind of transferred this to software engineering by saying okay fine we we can visualize this process by by saying okay there is stuff which is to do let's say right which is maybe uh, if you would like to use this analogy or uh, uh, you those are your goods hanging around somewhere, mm. let's say, right? <laughs> and then there, there is this uh, work in progress column on your board, right? And so uh, what you do is you kind of uh, let continuously flow stuff from to do yeah. to in progress, right? And finally to out of your supermarket or production Makes line, sense, right? Yeah. To to be uh, to be reviewed or done or whatever, right? And uh, the the whole idea is to kind of optimize this flow, right? Of um, what yeah. can be done, right? I've, I've worked in the Kanban team one time, and uh, yeah, my opinion is is again tainted by the uh, Scrum master. No, it's Kanban master then, right? I it it guess yeah. so. I I didn't see yeah. that this is actually enforced by Kanban, but uh, well, well, the methodology uh, chosen, and I don't know how Kanban that is. I'm not a project manager, right? Was that you have that ordered backlog, that prioritized backlog, right? And you must pick the top one, right? So, for instance, if you're more of a back-end guy, right, let's face it, we all have our specializations, and the top task is a front-end task, you must pick the front-end task, even though it's not your speciality. I get it. We all should be sort of multifunctional and all that. So there was that. And then if you pick two tasks to yourself, saying, okay, I was working in that area anyway, so I might might as well do the other thing while I'm at it. Not allowed. You can only have one task assigned to you at a time. So end, uh, endless discussions about that. But I think this was just the Kanban master's strictness that kind of spoiled it. Because in theory, it makes a lot of sense. You pick the top one, work on it, and, you know, continuous flow of things you get done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there one thing I did read about Kanban, and I have to say, we are using Kanban, I'm using Kanban boards all the time. Oh but, yeah, no boards, but, of course, uh, but the actual but, process. Uh, but I mean. we are we are not following the strict process, let's say. But one hmm. thing which is uh, which was interesting is that Kanban has has some notion of uh, different meeting types, right? I I think something like nine yeah. meeting times or types, uh, which I've seen there. Uh, which means there is one which is uh, replenishment meetings, right? Yes, which is I remember telling that. you already, telling you already that this is about uh, something which is coming again, right? So many meaning new goods coming in, right? Ah, that you need to that, that need, see the terminology bleeding. Exactly. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. In, in other in a, in a different universe, you would just call this a planning meeting, right? To, to kind of yes. or a sprint planning meeting, right? Basically, okay. <laughs> yeah, because because you would say, okay, fine, I have some some open tasks in my back backlog, and now or I think Scrum also kind of takes the priority of the backlog into or or of the mm. tasks into account. So meaning there is a prioritized also, backlog typically. Yeah, you would also need to do the 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 higher priority. Uh, 
uh, ones first uh, in, a, in a sense but I, I guess the the idea of having a self-organized team is that some people like more front-end development they would maybe or get the tasks assigned that are or would assign the tasks to, to themselves right so as far as I remember in our scrum team it was the case that there was a board and people just went to the board and picked their tasks right? exactly uh, by by saying okay fine yeah I, I like to do this here because I think I'm good in front development so let me take this card right this card was pulled off the board taken mm-hmm. to our our workplace let's say right we we did implement it and after that we basically put it back on yep. on the on the board we right? did do say, that okay, with physical posts this is this is done. yeah yeah yep. yeah physical yep. physical uh, physical mm-hmm. cards right paper cards or whatever right and the physical board actually which was in a central area of the of mm-hmm. the uh, of the uh, our company yeah yeah Okay, um, yeah, okay, the last one I have uh, is, is extreme programming, which uh. is actually, I, I thought initially, right, that there is not that a lot you can, you can basically talk about, but then I was You'd uh, be surprised. surprised. Yeah. was surprised how much there is about it uh, and it's actually not as bad as it sounds, right, because you already said something it's like, false. Oh. It's false, <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent so, a few days extreme programming. It was traumatizing. The the worst really? days of my entire life. Okay. What, what, yeah. The pair programming piece or what, what was the problem? Uh, all of it. I'm, it's not, it's selfish. It's it's just not for me, right? I, I like to focus and think about a thing, code it out, see if it works, maybe change it and then can come to something I like. If I have to constantly talk it, it's just exhausting. My, my voice is gone at the end of the day, right? All my, my social battery is empty. I basically need to lie down at the end of the day. I absolutely hate it. But this is just me because it's I'm only for right? extroverted it's only for extroverted developers. Maybe basically. I don't know. Maybe it's something <laughs> like that, but I, oh, I, I, I will push back as, as hard as I can if I have to do it. I mean, it's it's a bit funny, right? Because in in a sense, um, and this you can see actually in in a lot of those agile mythologies, uh, coming back to to the similarities to waterfall, whereby the the main difference is breaking it down into shorter cycles and so on, right? Mm. To be able to adjust. So meaning meaning. It, it's a bit funny, right? Because uh, what it has is it has specific key activities, right? So extreme programming. And one of them is listening, mm-hmm. right? You could yeah. now call listening requirements analysis, right? You should listen to your customer. You should listen to people, right? About what they actually want. So now um, then there is designing. Uh, designing is something which is also uh, for for at least more complex projects advised in extreme programming. So it's not like uh, it's not like hey yeah we just code or let's say or test, and then there is coding and testing whereby testing. Um, I, I I guess arguable, but I I would say as far as I could read, testing comes first, right? So the idea is that. Uh, you write your test case first, which is more like a test-driven development task. Um, so your unit ta- test is written before you actually implement the the uh, the unit. Let's say, right? Yeah. So, I, I, earlier, I was arguing about writing unit tests after the code has settled a bit. So you can probably imagine what I think about writing unit tests first. 
Yeah, fun anecdote, right? I had once the situation in a development team and I was kind of uh, dying when I had this, right? That uh, we, uh, so the, the, the team lead there was basically saying, yeah, we, we do test-driven development, right? And they developed the tests first, which is not wrong. But what was wrong is they didn't have any kind of design or specification ah. of what the system actually does, right? right. So there, there was a test case and then and then i i never understood how how someone should then basically write code which magically fulfills this test case right because obviously a test case and the implementation need to be based on the same set of requirements right and it should be based on mm -hmm. the same specification and if you don't have this or design or whatever right if you don't have an understanding what this is actually going to do right how can you have the test case first right i mean what would yeah. be completely wrong is to read the test case and then start your implementation right i mean this should be should happen independently based on on some previous work let's say right mm -hmm. is my personal opinion because otherwise no, you can you can kind of take this test case and throw it away right because it's exactly it's basically always fulfilled so it doesn't it's 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 basically yeah stupid Right. That's it. You need to establish that your test case would actually, that software that fulfills the test case would actually solve your actual problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you need to kind of probe quality by the test case. And mm -hmm. this is the whole point, right? And the quality is based on requirements, fulfilling the requirements and so on. Yep. And not just about, yeah, hey, I, I did read the test case and the test case is testing this. So I'm implementing yep. now something yep. which does this fine should but directly but, flow from the acceptance criteria from the user story exactly exactly it should be based on the requirements user stories whatever however you call it right but it's mm. it's it's not it's not good practice if one developer who implements the code is developing the the test at the same time right you should typically separate this in order to make sure that the quality is really tested right because otherwise <laughs> it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy self-fulfilling prophecy and this is the same for for something like that right so if you give a developer just the test case but without any context right you have exactly the same right you you have a yep. devalued test case basically at the end right and not working software i mean the software looks like being working right but uh, that's not the case anyway um so but uh, but you can see already that there are a bunch of topics here or activities that are sounding yeah familiar let's say right they do yeah then it's there like are some micro scrum isn't it yeah or not i mean i would not contradict it with scrum in a, in a sense right i think it's just one other framework which has a lot of overlay with other sure. stuff here as well right not just following the same rule set uh, entirely let's say right so there there's overlap so for instance start with simple solution keep it simple and stupid we had this already right then uh, gather feedback periodically um is a principle of, of mm -hmm. extreme programming right and uh, communicate continuously. Right. Ah. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what does it mean continuously? Or could also mean that uh, you you just have a daily meeting or stand up or whatever, right? So it's uh, have have courage to design a system for today. Don't over engineer and be open to throw code away, which is uh, something mm. we discussed in the context of the the manifesto. Yep. I think there is a specific interpretation here of one of the points we, which we already discussed, right? That makes sense. Um, to me. Yeah. Deal with others yourself and code 
and the code base with respect. I mean, this is not word by word, but I, I I kind of interpret this by myself a bit. But this is my my interpretation, right? That the self-respect and respect in general is is kind of uh, meant to also relate to other persons, yourself, right? And the code base in a sense, right? So you should not commit stuff which is breaking everything, right? Uh, entirely to the main branch or whatever, right? Um, there are some rules in addition, right? So something like coding rules. Um, so the customer is always available. I'm not sure how realistic this is, but uh, mm-hmm. I guess it just means that he is continuously involved in in the process, yeah, right? So like the, the, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, code the unit tests first. We talked about this. Um, uh, integrate one piece of code at a point of time per developer or pair of developers. So pair programming is also a kind of mechanism which is used there. Um, uh, not sure if you did pair programming, but I um, did. Yeah, I did that. That was the horrible day that I described there, where I lost my voice at the end of the day. Not because I was screaming. It's just because talking an entire day will do that to me. I'm not used to that. I, I think I know actually the company you, where you did this. Uh, I remember that you told me how, how horrible it yeah. was, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Traumatizing. <laughs> a bunch of years ago, right? Yep. It was 2018-ish, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway. Optimizations come last, right? There's also some best practice uh, for coding or rule, which is what you said before, right? But again, I would not say that a test case is, a, is an optimization. And here it is clearly written that this is not the case, right? So here they okay. say, okay, t- test first, optimizations come last. Uh, so that, that means sense. something like, uh, yeah, or maybe some UI optimizations or some uh, maybe performance optimizations or whatever, right? So functional or non-functional, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. No overtime, which is also this kind of uh, make it sustainable for it's everyone, sustainable. right? Yep. So meaning no overtime, no, no long working hours and so on, right? All codes m- testing, there are some rules as well, right? All code must be tested. Um, code is not allowed to be released before passing all tests, which is uh, reminded me one one thing. I I just looked at uh, I was looking at a code base a bunch of days ago, right? Uh, by by needing to work with it, and uh, was kind of um, yeah, uh, trying to understand it and the way how because it was not totally well documented the way how I understand it best is that I look at the test cases so the test cases become my documentation the test cases are a living documentation yeah I found that a lot of times that that I write uh, that I read through the tests yeah Exactly. And what I realized there was basically that uh, the developer here had the aim to make this happen, but he just uncommented <laughs> or he just commented uh, test cases in, right? So meaning which uh, there were blocks of tests, which was like, okay, yeah, this is not running now because... <laughs> yeah, that's not ideal. <laughs> it's a comment now, right? Anyway, just a uh, fun anecdote, but... Um, yeah, and um, which I personally like is the next one, right? I love um, Bugs are addressed by creating a test case yep. before we fix the bug. And this is actually, I think this should be done always, That's right? Brilliant. If that extreme programming or not. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. You know, contradicting my earlier statement about, you know, test cases should be written later, which I still believe. I know it's unpopular. But for this one, for bugs, yeah, absolutely. First thing, write a unit test that reproduces the bug. Because otherwise, 
how do you know you fixed it really exactly and at the end right it's also kind of natural thing right because if you think about it if you have a bug and you found it and you need to report it you always need to kind of give steps how to reproduce it and mm -hmm. so on right and if you are at this point right maybe it's a good idea to uh, go the extra mile if you're a developer in the same team right and just develop a test case right because as yeah. we said the, the test case sometimes acts if this is always good right as as a living piece of documentation which means that <laughs> it's it's maybe even better to to kind of underline that uh, or to prove that there is a bug right by having yeah. a test case which fails uh, exactly and it also makes sure you don't see any regressions where future changes to the code bring the bug back Exactly, oh, yeah. exactly. You can't have too many test cases, let's say, right? Yeah. Um, and now their crumpiness, the crumpiness. Now we, we can bash Aja a little bit, right? <laughs> so meaning uh, what I have seen too often, and I'm not commenting for this too much, but I have seen too often this or the, the fact, that, or let's say Aja was often used as an excuse, all right, to me. So people said, told me, yeah, Hey, uh, yeah, there is no design documentation because we are doing this agile, or there are no requirements noted down because this is agile, right? Oh, and that's I, just I, silly. I, yeah, but I got really upset by this, right? Yeah, it's like, rightfully uh, so. Uh, you still have to know what you're building. Uh, so this <laughs> is agile, so I don't need to kind of uh, know what uh, I'm doing, basically. Right? Um, yeah, test driven. Mm. I already gave this anecdote, right? <laughs> and we had <laughs> once I was part of a development team which is the test driven developments without any requirements written down anywhere, right? Just tests, let's say, right? <laughs> Wherever those tests, however, those tests were basically written, right? It was like put your, your finger into the air and then the developer does the same. Yeah, that sure, would right? be my question. What was the process to arrive at those tests? Who signed off on those tests? Did the yeah, customer sign off I and think the, the, the engineering team lead directly in this case it was uh, but okay there there were some other problems there as well so this guy also left uh, the company quite early uh, after i joined so <laughs> and I then the, the next the next one was actually fixing some of this stuff um yeah, again, quality of software is defined in a way that the software has the expected behavior. So you should yeah. not change those expectations within a sprint or iteration. But uh, I think you can adjust, and this is the power of Agile, right, uh, um, in one of the following sprints or in the next sprint, let's say, right? But uh, in the in the first step, uh, you, you kind of already got some requirements, which is... A specific scope might be that this changes right i mean had customer projects where a customer asked me to put a button there which does function x right and then they saw oh, okay um actually this is shit uh please remove this button again fine this is this is totally okay from my point of view right but uh, um they, they at least should wait until we present this button and they had a chance to test it and find out that it's not working <laughs> as ex as they imagined it works, let's say, right? So it's, it would be problematic to kind of have one meeting today and tomorrow another meeting where they kind of tell you, yeah, but today I don't want to have this button anymore, right? Just because they are in the mood of not having this button anymore, right? So you you know what I mean. So there there should be there should be a process which kind of uh, means that okay they gave us a requirement they are willing to pay for this requirement <laughs> which is important for customer projects at least right, and uh, 
We do whatever they pay for, fine, right? We give them advices to not uh, uh, to not do it, but if they want to do it, uh, we do it, and uh, it's a requirement, fine. And at the end, let's say, if they are not happy with it, we can still remove it, let's say, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, no changes within a sprint, and also don't be afraid to chuck stuff out. If they say, we, we, need, we absolutely need this feature, right? And you say, yeah, yeah, of course. So, which other feature would you like to drop for it? You know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually it's funny. It's almost like, oh, it's a small thing, right? You can uh, add it. You're so good. You can add this feature. Nope. Nope. If you want this, then which one do you want to lose? Exactly. Exactly. Sustainability. What we also did all the time, actually, or what I did multiple times in my career is, um, especially in customer projects, when the customer, so there were situations that customers had specific requirements and we, we knew already, okay, this is something we built and this is not going to fly, right? Because this requirement doesn't make sense or they will not uh, like it like that and you get a sense uh, of it, right? Yeah. And, mm. uh, and what I typically did is I just increased the price artificially. <laughs> Fine. This feature, oh, very expensive, right? T-shirt size X, <laughs> and then you, if I was lucky, tent. Yeah. <laughs> if I was lucky, they decided against it, right? But uh, um, just a bit contradictory to to yeah fulfill the requirements of your customer and make them happy and so on. But uh, sometimes this is needed, right? Because sometimes you really know better. Then, I mean, in this case, I, I, I would say we knew better uh, what was possible and what was making sense, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, customers sometimes have requirements that don't make sense, let's say, right? Yeah. Even, but they are requirements, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Uh, yeah, I, I think I mentioned this already. I don't think that the steps in the waterfall model are in principle wrong, right? No. I think uh, my personal opinion is that a requirements analysis, so noting down requirements is important, whatever model you use, right? Putting some thoughts into how the system should look like, how the architecture should look like, um, by not over-engineering it indeed, right? By, by keeping it in the scope of this iteration, let's say, right? But having some design documentation makes actually sense. Um, implementation is needed. You need to code however you do it, right? Uh, you need to test. Um, maybe you write your tests first, but at the end, even if you write your tests first, you need to execute them against the execution at some point, right? Mm. So meaning you need to test and you need to deploy, you need to reiterate. And the question here is less uh, if you need to, to do all those steps in the waterfall model, right? This is kind of given it's logical let's say right it's not something it's not something you can argue with uh, the question is how 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 quickly you iterate on it right versus versus spending a year in a project which then kind of fails because uh, the result is either outdated or no longer uh, valid or doesn't fulfill the requirements and you realize it too late too late let's say right absolutely yeah, that's my that those are my con my complaints about AI or my thoughts about AI and some some horror stories maybe maybe not too much <laughs> but uh, anything from your side so any, any no I mean I've, I've I've already sort of woven some things in and yeah agile is definitely an improvement on waterfall for all the reasons we've mentioned and I agree with all you said 
right? The steps are correct because, of course, you need to ask your customer what they want first, right? You can't go to a bakery and, you know, not say anything and then hoping you get the right items, right? You have to have that conversation. But um, <laughs> exactly. yeah, as you say, this, the cycle needs to be smaller, of course. And this is what Agile solves. So yeah. Exactly. So we are totally in agreement. Cool. Mm, um, as always. As always. And uh, Apart from the yeah. testing thing. <laughs> Apart from the testing thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fine. I, I mean, I hope that this episode wasn't too dry for, for you, dear listeners, right? I mean, we, we did a bit of bullet point uh, walkthroughs uh, because it's a, it's a complex uh, topic. Uh, but I think that I hope at least that the, the structure was kind of clear and uh, it was kind of useful to get some insights. Most of the developers listening to our podcast maybe have even more experience with uh, agile development mm -hmm. stuff than, than we have. Uh, if you have, right, feel free to relate to what we just said and uh, maybe correct us or give you feedback about it. But again, by the way, um, I, I still remember, right, little anecdote. I still remember when, when, when Scrum arrived, I mean. We are that old, right? Yeah, <laughs> so meaning, meaning. <laughs> yeah meaning. that's right. When we started working in Germany, yeah, there was waterfall all yeah. the things. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. It was all waterfall, and then at some yeah. point, Scrum arrived, and uh, there were Scrum master certifications everywhere, and so on, right? And um, and and I was initially when I saw it, right, I was like, okay, yeah, but what's the point? Right, uh, and I don't mean this in a negative way, right? And it's maybe a bad thing to close it like that, but it reiterates more or less what I just said already. But uh, the the thing is, but my younger me, right, uh, thought, okay, fine. So let's assume I have a small development team, right? Something like uh, maximum five persons or developers, right? And let's mm. assume I'm 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 working on on projects and I need to kind of get something out to my customers quickly and so on, right? And uh, let's say that those are all requirements. Let's say, right? So even with waterfall uh, or with, with what we used as waterfall process steps, let's say, right? you would have ended with something which is maybe labeled now as agile in a, in a sense, right? So, I mean, if you think about yeah. some of our projects in the past, right, they, they actually didn't last something like a year before we delivered something. We had some no. very short cycles, right? Maybe a bunch of weeks before we kind yeah, of gave it to true, someone and, uh, and did it because, because the circumstances actually kind of enforced this, right? Because we, we didn't have, we didn't have large development teams or whatever. Right. And, and yeah, customers right. wanted to see something and so on. Right. It, it, it was even, I, I, I mean, just saying, right. It's, uh, it, it's not that it is conceptually completely different from what we did in the past before someone told us, Hey, yeah, this is now agile software development, I would say. Right. Yeah, you're right. It was just small feature. And if if you're building something very small, then waterfall kind of collapses into agile automatically, doesn't it? Yeah, in a sense. Because right. waterfall this... is just one massive sprint, isn't it? Exactly. And if this massive sprint becomes very short, <laughs> right, uh, and you, you work then on the next feature. And you had this as well, right? I mean, I remember that you had projects um, um, for a company mm. we both work for, right? 
where, where you basically were, were acting as a consultant and software developer at the same time, right? And you had projects where you needed to just add this or that feature, right? So the software was yeah. already there. And then this was basically, yeah, delivered to the customer in very short in a very short period of time, let's say, right? That's it, yeah. You estimated two, three days and then you'd have a discussion, oh, that's that's never two or three days with a customer. You can do that in one hour and, and all the rest of it. But yeah, that's what software consulting is. Yeah. And, and exactly. that is, <laughs> if, if it's two days, then, then it's not really waterfall, even though it is waterfall, but for a three-day project. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we would have anyway created something like a documentation. You would anyway have gathered requirements, write it down. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then kind of go ahead and implement it. Uh, mm. let's say. But Same you need steps, to do just it. Just shorter right. documents. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Shorter documents. And this is also one of my points, right? My point is um, that, or that this stuff scales with the effort in a, in a sense, right? We I had this uh, not directly for, for development, but uh, when I did some presets in the past, right? I started to kind of document our, our presets or uh, activities a bit better, right? By saying, okay, fine. Whenever we go to a customer, or prospect uh, presets the prospect right we do an architecture overview so there is no way that we kind of just go there listen do random shit and go out right we we do a, an architecture overview so i create a template or an architecture overview and then the typical argument i got by others is hey but this architecture overview basically right it's it's such a lot of effort right and yeah and nobody my, has my, time <laughs> yeah, no one, no one has time and so on, right? So why, why should we put uh, all this effort in? I, and I did this basically based on my experience in consultancy before that, right? So before that, mm -hmm. I worked as a project manager for did also pre-sale post-sales and so on, with in different customer projects. And something I learned was that it's important to kind of note stuff down, right, more formally in order to be. Uh, because you're accountable for something which takes mm -hmm. a specific route. If you're accountable or not, right, you, you will at least feel accountable or make made be felt accountable. Yes. <laughs> right. So which which means uh, which means the I thought it's a good idea and this, this this typical argument was yeah, but this is too complex, right? Blah we and and uh, back then my argument always was yeah, but it scales with the size of the opportunity and the proof of concept, right? So if we basically have a very small one then yeah, then fill only the portion out that makes sense in this context let's say but do it let's say right have an overview about it track this data let's say right instead of just uh, having it in your mind and we lost the opportunity and no one knows why let's say right yeah. or and we didn't learn about it <laughs> anyway um so I think this is the same here, right? It it basically scales with the effort. Uh, let's mm -hmm. say. And I agree if if the effort, if you have a a project which is thousand men days, which I <laughs> planned once as well, right? Then it would be maybe a good idea to not plan this one thousand men day project from the very beginning, uh, but but start with something which is uh, kind of reasonable, right? And then and then uh, kind of yeah uh work it out on the way let's say by having shorter mm. iterations oh, right absolutely yeah I've, many projects that i've been part with had some sort of pivot so halfway through with the customer saw well actually we'd like to well as i said earlier we'd like to emphasize this other thing more and then yeah fine let's chuck some features out let's find more features that we can do in the category that you prefer and yeah, that goes to your thousand day project as well. You're right. If you plan it all, you rob yourself of that chance. 
exactly exactly i mean sometimes you would like to the, the only reason to be honest why why someone would plan this up front and estimate it in a very rough way up front by keeping in mind that there need to be it needs to be a lot of risk buffer and so on as if you were to sell like to sell it as one block right and not by effort let's say right as a consultancy company so if you say sure. okay fine hey here is your 1000 mendy project uh, um, we do it for 2 million or whatever right so then, oh yeah that's right yeah fixed then, cost and exactly, based yeah. on the spec document so exactly you if you, if exactly if you do a fixed cost project then the, you need to kind of make it up somehow right you need to kind of yeah. plan it up front and uh, have have an idea about what the efforts are but uh, this is a bit off topic this year right but sometimes maybe not right because sometimes the realities around you are kind of um, limiting your agility in a sense right or being being agile uh, you can do it anyway agile behind the scenes then right but uh, sometimes you just have to to uh, kind of follow yeah. some uh, some principles behind the, the scenes. First. Yeah, you can you can still show the customer your progress, and you can still have that conversation if they want you to change the scope document halfway through. You can exactly. still talk about Ex it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, as uh, change management. Mm. Yeah, but you need to be careful in this context, right? Uh, in customer projects, you need to be a bit careful to to kind of. Uh, get a get the scope out of uh, range let's say right because you take scope the risk creep. of or yeah exactly because if you if you uh, I, I mean indeed you need to make the customer happy and so on but uh, in in a way right if you have a project for two million and uh, you took a specific risk as a company right um, then um, if the customer wants to have something every or uh, two weeks new right which is uh, was not planned in initially in, in this effort, let's say, right, and you can mm. already foresee that this effort might be might be totally exceeded, right? Then this is a risk for you as the as the service provider, the consultancy company. Yeah, right? well, well, then you have to be brave. That then you have to, well, as I said earlier, either say, okay, which other feature would you like us to drop, or yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. would you like to pay more and wait longer for the thing to end? Exactly. Then, but uh, it, the the way how you usually protect yourself is that you kind of map it out from the beginning and then yeah, have say, a scope, yeah, okay yeah. say hey uh, listen this was not this was not agreed right and yep. uh, um, because this was not agreed this would be extra effort right and and this planning it out from from the beginning is indeed by definition in this case waterfall and not agile right it is um, it is which you would potentially not do if you if you have a um, if you do product development, so meaning uh, product development not for customers but for yourself, right? Uh, yeah. Implicitly also for customers, but you you would typically not do exactly this, right? You would maybe say, okay, for for something which is really um, a huge block of work, right? You would split it up more into uh, smaller iterations and do it more agile, right? And, it reduces uh, risk. It, yeah, of address course. it on the way. Let's say, right? Uh, reduces risk. Yeah. But sometimes it's not avoidable to to do something like waterfall, right? Because the world is not uh, not always operating agile, right, uh, on the business side. Let's say. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think those are good closing words. Um, so thank you very much, uh, Thomas, for for having this conversation. Right. Yep. Thank you. And um, yeah. 
that I'm looking forward to the next episode actually, but I mean we don't know yet what this will be, right? So maybe it'll be good in any case. It would be <laughs> awesome <laughs> in any case. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Thank you very much. See you. Bye. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye.